is the first letter I got from Judy. That was the beginning. We wrote for many years. She allowed young women to be as complicated and messy and funny as we are. I had that recognition of, I trust you, and wherever you're going, I'm down to come with you. I don't think that Judy Bloom wrote her books to be timeless. I think she wrote her books to be timely, and they were so timely that they became timeless. Davina, Leah, good morning. Thanks for joining me this morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I'm loving your backdrop. Oh, well, thank you so much. I had to do it right for you ladies this morning, because I, <laughs> you know, this documentary is just and profiles long overdue for author Judy Bloom. How personal was this tribute for you both? It feels very personal on, on lots of levels. For me, you know, I grew up a real bookworm and just loved Judy Bloom. I can remember where I sat when I read Judy Bloom books. It was like a crevice between a wall and a chair instead of sitting <laughs> on the chair. Those moments are so visceral when you're a kid, I think, and they really stay with you. Her books were everything for me. I, I felt like they were always there. You know, I don't remember what the first one was, but I, I just remember them always being there. You know, I'm Generation X, you know, so I grew up more with S.E. Hinton more than Judy Bloom, uh, okay. but I clearly know the influence she had on girls and teenagers, especially in my junior high days. Every girl had, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret. I mean, I, I looked around, everyone out at school, but I vividly remember that uh, <laughs> what, in 1979, when I was 13 years old, everybody passing around forever. And it was all, especially it was highlighted in yellow. And I mean, I, I remember taking that home and I haven't read that book in over 40 years. And I remember specific stories, characters, names, situations. I mean, I mean, I was hiding that under my mattress when I got home. <laughs> funny because that's the only Judy Bloom book that I never read growing up. It's the only one. And I feel like someone must have been hiding it from me. Why did, why, why was no one passing it around at my school? It must not have been in the library. Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. It was crazy. But tell me about how you got Judy Bloom to open up and discuss her life and career. Was she on board from the start for this documentary? This is your story. It, it was a couple years of a conversation. I reached out to her initially in 2018, and she wasn't sure. I mean, she has this, a very full life running a bookstore in Key West. And because she's such an open, honest person, she knew that if she committed to a documentary, she was going to do it all the way. And wasn't sure she wanted to do it. You know, it's a big commitment. But slowly over a couple of years, we built up a relationship. I started to build a team. Leah joined, Imagine Documentaries joined. And finally, in February 2020, Judy said, OK, let's do this. You know, and I watching this documentary, I didn't realize that her books were banned even, you know, back then. I can see why now, you know, being growing up in that time that parents would have an outrage. But now it's back in the news that other books are still being banned. So uh, is that still a, a problem for her books to this day? It is. I mean, I actually did know Judy's books were banned because I grew up in the South in the 80s when her books were seen as taboo, when girls' periods and puberty and women's bodies were something to be feared and, and you know, ashamed of. So I actually didn't read Judy's books when I was a kid, or at least her juiciest books, and no one was passing them around. Um, and I think that was because of exactly where and when I grew up, right? 80s in the South. And we thought when we started making this film, that was going to be a chapter of Judy's life, the censorship chapter, and then we'd move on. We didn't realize how radically and how extreme book banning was going to come back. Right now, in 2023, it is sort of taking over the country. We can't believe how many communities throughout the U.S. are challenging Judy's books, but not just Judy's books. I mean, the authors 
books who are challenged today are more likely authors who are black and brown, who are writing characters who are black and brown, authors who are queer or trans, writing characters who are queer or trans. Those are the books that are really being challenged in schools and in libraries. And, and I couldn't believe the correspondence that kids would write to Judy over the years. She's kept every letter. They couldn't talk to their parents, but they talked to Judy. I mean, it almost brought me to tears. It was just an amazing experience. That correspondence is something that we always knew we wanted to bring into the film. I mean, the connection that Judy has to her readers is unlike any other author. Kids felt like she understood them more than their parents did, more than their friends did. And she was like their guardian angel, their fairy godmother. So they started reaching out to her mm -hmm. pretty much as soon as Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret was published. And sometimes she would get thousands of letters in one month. And she wrote back. That was the that was the really exceptional thing about Judy's relationship with her readers. She wrote back. She opened up to them and her letters back. And, you know, we, we were so lucky that Judy introduced us to two of the women who reached out to her over decades. Well, ladies, congratulations. And especially for giving me memories I haven't thought of in over 40 years. <laughs> you know, I forgot what a force she was in literature and to teenagers. And, uh, uh, and this is an amazing documentary. And uh, thank you so much for your time and best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you.